This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Welcome to Special Teams, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome inside Special Teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon, a podcast that takes a look back at a specific year and specific special teams in sports and what they were able to accomplish. Now, Mike and I are finishing up our I Love the 90s run right now before we kind of go back some games from the 1980s, which is a lot of fun because you've really wanted to see games from earlier than 1990s. So, hey, we're going to give that to you. And technically, this game isn't in the 90s. It's takes place on January 23rd, 2000, but it was from the 1999 NFL season. So I think, Mike, we're okay with, with, with having this end of the I Love the 90s run. It's a perfect way to end it, right at the end of the decade and, and really a, a couple of franchises that at the time, you're wondering what kind of runs they were about to go on uh, and certainly anticipation of great thrills, big offense against a young and, and surging defense. So, you know, which side breaks and all, all the big names and the, the rises here. So yeah, it's, it's a perfect throw in for what we were talking about, because, you know, the expectations also after what was a huge fantasy football season, because let's call it what it is. 1999 was the year where everything changed in the fantasy world and started really blowing up uh, across the web. Uh, and some of the starters in this game uh, were huge for fantasy purposes during the regular season. But if you extend it into the playoffs, like we do oftentimes now, uh, you were a little disappointed. Uh, this was a game that gets caught between games that were great. And so you kind of, it kind of goes under the radar, but this is one of the best NFC championships we've seen because it was strength against strength. And it was the Rams 11, six victory 
over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that put the Rams in the Super Bowl, their victory over the Titans, which is so well known. Uh, but this Rams Tampa Bay game that can that that kind of gets sandwiched between the Music City Miracle and the Super Bowl, it gets forgotten. But it was such a good game because it was the strength against strength of the Rams offense, which lit the world on fire. And and we know the Rams, the story of the Rams offense being born the way it was this year is well known. Trent Green gets hurt. Kurt Warner, an unknown, comes in. Suddenly the Rams can do no wrong. Marshall Falk becomes the superstar he was supposed to be with the Colts. Isaac Bruce, Torrey Holt, the Rams offense runs roughshod over everybody through the season. They were that good. They were everybody's story. Kurt Warner went from grocery bagger to NFL MVP. It's like they were the only story this year. It was the Rams and everything else. But honestly, what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had started going here, and it really would would end in the crescendo of a Super Bowl title a couple of years later, uh, this was the beginning of here comes a defensively dominant team that did everything right in this game except for one play. You're talking about Derek Brooks and Hardy Nickerson and Chidi Ahanatu and Brad Culpepper, Warren Sapp, Booger McFarland before he was on the crane, you know, Rondé Barber, Dexter Jackson, John Lynch before he was a GM in the secondary this Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense did everything and it was irresistible force immovable object in the NFC title game and even though the Rams won this game I think still Tampa Bay won the day because clearly their defense were the one you kept the Rams down and in the end zone one play one time that was it so who put the more will on the game was Tampa Bay and the Rams kind of escaped in this one well, it's kind of funny because you look at it a couple of years ago where we had uh, the, the Patriots and the Rams, right, where we're expecting the Sean McVay juggernaut to run, at least give what was a very strong New England D uh, fits instead. Well, they, they more than held their own. But on the other side, the, the afterthought was the, the Rams defense. They only give up 13 points. This was a an offense for Tampa Bay that revolved around Mike Allstott and Warwick Dunn making plays. Mike Allstott. My, my, I mean, yeah. he, was a, he was a cult hero when Mike Allstott first got Legend. to the National Football League. But they had problems at quarterback. And midway through the season, Trent Dilfer, who started, and, and kind of odd that Trent Dilfer, who started here, did not really give the team enough at quarterback. He gets hurt, gets replaced by Sean King. Sean King also didn't give Tampa Bay enough at quarterback, but we'll have more on him as the podcast goes on uh so dilfer loses his job with king replacing him and what happens trent dilfer well a year later he materializes in baltimore where they only need him to do just enough and trent dilfer wins the super bowl so for a while listen he's, he, he does just enough we can win and this is back when you could do that in the nfl when you when your quarterback sometimes could be a necessary evil and we can win a super bowl with him because look the bucks thought we're going to sean king right they draft after him. He was a winner at Tulane. That was the whole big thing was, boy, he, he's lost one game since he was in junior high school. Sure. Oh, John King's a winner. So he wasn't a guy that lit the world on fire, but he was someone that the Buccaneers said, we can try. He'll make just enough plays and we can win the Super Bowl. And, and 
in in the most of the 80s, 90s, 2000s, if you built a team around defense in a running game, which is what, let's face it, what most of the team did, you didn't have to go crazy for a quarterback. Now it's completely the opposite. You can have a quarterback and nothing else, and you're absolutely fine. But this was really this run here of the early 2000s uh, was the last time we kind of saw a team say, all right, let's get by with this guy. Everything else is there loaded. All you got to do is not screw it up, and we can win the Super Bowl. Yeah, don't make mistakes. Don't put the ball in, in their hands, right? It's, if you got a two, two-man running game, as we did here, and, and obviously the defense, you mentioned all the star power there, right? Guys that are in the Hall of Fame, guys that are in heavy consideration, and guys that get thanked in all sorts of speeches. Just a, a star-studded cast. You go through the coaching staff. I mean, just ridiculously loaded with talent. But but to your point, yeah, I mean, it was three yards and a, a clouded dust. And when you threw the ball, it was kind of a big deal. I mean, we go back in the, the annals of NFL history, and you, you look at Touchdown to interception ratio, that didn't matter either. Completion percentage, <laughs> you were 20, 20 times a game, you were putting the ball up and you were trying to make plays. Otherwise, you ran the ball, ground clock, and let your defense make plays. I mean, that's why the 85 Bears, most people don't recognize they're the second highest scoring team in the league. It was all about the run game and defense. Or so they would have you believe, but it made it makes its way into history. You, you look at this Buccaneers team. I mean, Dilfer was what uh, sixteen hundred yards, eleven and eleven in ten starts before giving way to Sean King. That is the dictionary definition of mediocre. Sean King, four and one record, <laughs> yeah, right? He won, five right? years and sixty-one percent completion, which at the time pretty good. Uh, seven touchdowns, four picks. Not exactly world-beating, and a total of 875 yards in those six games, five starts. Not exactly taking to the air unless absolutely necessary. I mean, we, the way we look at quarterbacking and building your play chart so much different uh, over a couple of decades. I mean, it's hard to believe this is just 20 years ago and how different the game looks. So it's the Rams and the Buccaneers, a kickoff start time of 4.22 p.m. local time at the TWA Dome, a game that had the most unlikeliest of heroes and controversy that still reigns even today. That's coming up next as we get into the 1999 NFC Championship game between the Rams and the Buccaneers. And yes, it took place in 2000, but it's still idle of the 90s. Uh, that's coming up next right here on Special Teams. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. What kind of game are we going to see? Was it going to be the Rams and their offense getting out big? Was it going to be the Buccaneers and their defense holding the Rams down? It was the latter. This game begins in St. Louis. The defense is dominating the day. Kurt Warner's first pass of the NFC Championship is picked off, and Tampa Bay kicks a field goal. Martin Gramatica, back when he was automatica, boots one in from 25 yards out. It's a 3-0 lead uh, for Tampa Bay, and it was this kind of game from then on out. Jeff Wilkins would kick a field goal to make it 3-3, and then the Rams would take the lead in the second quarter. One of the big uh, mistakes that Sean King made today, and boy, you look at what happened in this game, and Sean King, if he just made one play, it would have been a difference Mm -hmm. uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But in the second quarter of of a game that's still 3-3, a bad snap goes over his head. King bats it out of the end zone, but St. Louis gets a safety they lead 5-3 at halftime King had a horrendous game he had huge turnovers in both halves and this snap goes over his head and so you have a 5-3 game at halftime despite the fact you were losing if you were Tampa Bay you still felt pretty good it's like okay St. Louis hasn't made any plays in the first half yes we're down but all we got to do is do a little bit because they have no answer for us on offense well but that's the thing though all it takes is one slip one play and how explosive they were either the out of the backfield with the quick screen pass, which is what that, that first pass, I must've gone back in the video, Jason, and watched that like nine times going, what the hell was Kurt Warner doing? (laughs) One of the most efficient quarterbacks we've ever seen. All right. Except the thumb injury. And obviously there's some hiccups specifically in that time with the giants, but the, the, that first pass, like, you're throwing it into an offensive and defensive lineman. You can't see Falk out of the backfield at all uh, as you roll that up. Uh, but you, you have the snap over your head. And yeah, while you're confident saying we, we've we limited them, it's still the stress of, all right, one play is deciding this because you've seen nothing from your offense that's getting it done either. It's that battle of wills, the battle of nerves, and just trying not to screw up. Think of the pressure in that defensive back seven on every play. 
especially when you start looking at pass interference calls that could change everything on a dime. And you had two of the best in the game going out there that certainly uh, they drew their share of penalties throughout that year and throughout their careers. So think about one little grab, one little clutch. Nothing You can do that more then than you can in today's NFL, but that that was going to potentially be the difference. Man, that's got to be just absolutely maddening that it would come down to something like that. This game comes down to one play. The Rams made one play all day. I mean, this offense, as high-powered as it was, it made one play all day. Kurt Warner, as bad a game as Sean King had, Kurt Warner had a horrible game. He threw three picks, and the Rams were getting dominated unlike any game all season. If you remember this this run, the Rams, was, nobody could stop them. This was, boy, the Ram, every week it was 30, 40 points. Who, who, you were starting everybody in fantasy. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna to start Robert Holcomb in fantasy this week. Would. Maybe he runs, he gets a touchdown at some point. All right, they're going to get some trash time at the end and he's going to get a, you know, seven or eight carries. Absolutely. Like, like when you would start guys like Lincoln Coleman uh from the Cowboys when in like the mid 90s when you knew well Emmett's going to be done in the middle of the third quarter and Coleman's going to get like 20 rush opportunity. I'm going to start him in fantasy. But this was what it was. The Rams made zero plays all day. They were down 6-5 in the fourth quarter after Tampa Bay kicks a field goal. And watching this game, I remember thinking they're going to win this game 6-5. The NFC Championship game is going to be 6-5 Tampa Bay. And then St. Louis makes the big play. Dre Bly picks off Sean King, and they have the ball at midfield. And this is where St. Louis offense makes its only play of the day, and it's the most unlikeliest of players. At the 30-yard line, Kurt Warner is blitzed, and he throws up a jump ball to the corner of the end zone to Ricky Prohl. Not to... Tory Holt, not to Isaac Bruce. This is Ricky Prohl, who had his game of games, six catches for 100 yards, and really the Rams dynasty, the mini dynasty they had, may never have gotten off the ground if Ricky Prohl doesn't make this play. Of all the stars, of every big play they made, this might be the biggest of St. Louis's run. He's got one-on-one coverage with Brian Kelly, and Warner just throws it up. And Ricky Prohl, who was underrated for his entire career, Ricky Prohl was so money. You watch Think this guy everywhere, but he was so good. Oh, my God. Good. And if he had played on winning teams for the most part, yeah. but he doesn't hit the Rams until later on in his career. Prohl could tell where the ball was coming and he does a great job shielding Brian Kelly, catches the ball, crosses the goal line, touchdown, and it's a Rams lead. It's the only play they made. One play. Even Warren Sapp after the game said, we held them down the entire day. They made one play and that was enough, which tells you where the Tampa Bay offense was. But one play, that's all it was. Everything else was we can't do anything, we can't do anything. We're relying on turnovers and field position. One play and that goes into the end zone for a touchdown, and it really was insane. This play, Donnie Abraham blitzes, which means you have Ricky Prohl, the one-on-one coverage. He nearly gets there, but Orlando Pace, one of the greatest offensive linemen of all time, slides over and blocks him. John Lynch doesn't have enough. He can't make up the pay, the, the time to get there and in and, and time to help. So this is how Prohl winds up catching it one-on-one. His first touchdown of the season. Ricky Prohl's first touchdown of the season is the biggest play for the Rams in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, you just go down the uh, the drive charts. You got that field goal early. Great. <laughs> right. Six plays, all of 13 yards, field goal. Punt, 
fumble slash safety is how it's logged. Punt, punt, interception, field goal, punt, punt, interception, <laughs> turnover on downs. That's, that's like a normal game. Jets game. Yeah, no, that, that's about it, right? <laughs> so when you add up all the yardage, I mean, the first two drives are negated by the snap over the head. Done. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about 140 yards or thereabouts in total offense. Uh, when do you get down to it? Inability to run the ball, really establish much of anything here. Allstott and Dunn can combine for 74 yards on the ground uh, on 21 carries. And yes, Ricky Prohl, who played in the National Football League for a total of what 17 years oh he had a he had that a, sounds about right i mean because he had one big year with the yeah. bears right before he uh went to st louis uh 753 yards uh career best seven touchdowns for the bears and then ends up in st louis i mean carolina indianapolis uh arizona slash phoenix seattle man that's a well-traveled career and a lot of opportunity uh he said after the game uh, after this game that people think there's a hundred Ricky proles out there that you can get anybody you want to. There's only one Ricky Prohl. And he was a, had he played on better teams because in the early nineties, you play in the Cardinals, you know, and then you get to Seattle. So as you said, all throughout the league, he was really solid. He was a 60 catch a year guy. This is back when teams still didn't throw the ball quite as much as they did now, where 60 catches back then translates to 80 to 85 catches now, I, w- I would say. Yeah, and I mean, he's your PPR monster. Yes, that's exactly who he would have been. Right now exactly. is what he would be. That's exactly where Because the roles have, have changed. Yeah. Yes, he, he would have been that guy. He's he's a he's the quintessential number three receiver. You can put him outside, you put him in the slot, you put him all over the place, and he would produce. He produced everywhere he was look the guy like you said the guy was in the career in the nfl from 1990 until 2006 for a reason and that's a hell of a run that means you're a good clubhouse guy (laughs) quarterbacks well but it it is though it's like you bring if you're going to move that often it's the all right this guy picks things up fast he's not going to cause any problems and he's going to teach you how to be a professional this was his game. This was his moment. This was the Ricky Prohl moment. But still, there was a little bit of work left to be done because Ricky Prohl's touchdown gives the St. Louis Rams the 11-6 lead. There is still 444 left to go. And if you're thinking at some point the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense is going to have one drive, this is going to be that time. Because as much as we talk about the Rams having one play this offense, the Bucs offense was, was, was abysmal. But yeah. you kind of expect that from them because this is is not how they do business, but you would expect more than six points out of them and that one drive's got to happen. This is going to be it. Now with everything at stake, Tampa Bay gets the football back and they start getting down the field. They drive into St. Louis territory and there's a second and 23 play, which becomes the play of the game. And we had a rule made about it because of this play. (laughs) Sean King completes a 13 yard pass to Bert Emanuel. All right, Bert Emanuel catches the ball. Tampa Bay calls a timeout. They have the ball at the 20 yard line where it's going to be third and 10. So Emanuel comes up with it. It's, it's a throw. It's, it's, it's near to the ground, but Emanuel catches it, rolls over, is touched, booms down, and Tampa Bay calls timeout. So the ball, the 20 yard line, third and 10. And the broadcast is saying, all right, now what kind of play are you going to have? You have two chances, obviously. And then even the play by play announcers are talking about it and they're going, uh, I, I don't know. 
they're reviewing this. They're reviewing this. They're, you know, you, you listen to the Rams guys. Listen to the Rams play by play. They're reviewing. I don't know why. They're Tampa Bay. Same thing. They're review. I don't know why they're reviewing this. This is a catch by Bert Emanuel. And so the officials during the Tampa Bay timeout, which if head coach Tony Dungy could do it over again, he would probably not have called timeout because <laughs> nobody would have questioned it. But because they call timeout to try to figure things out, the officials review it. This has been the you know the new replay rule had been in, in effect now and they come out and say the ball hit the ground the pass is incomplete you can watch this replay a thousand times and it really takes an eye to see maybe the point of the football touch the ground but in 1999-2000 like in, in, in 2020 and, 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 and 2019-2018 I can see where okay maybe this isn't a catch because they want to get so specific on controlling the ball and everything else but in 1999 and 2000 this is a catch nobody was even questioning that this was a catch he had control of the ball he had his hand under the ball he rolled over but he had the ball in his possession the entire time there was no time where he had the football maybe just held the bottom half of it. He had his hand over it and under it the whole time. I mean, that's a catch. There was no way it wasn't a catch. It was weird. It was reviewed. And when it comes back and they say pass incomplete, so now it's third and 23, this is one of those moments where I said, boy, the NFL could be fixed. I mean, man, boy, the NFL could be fixed. Because do you want Tampa Bay and their uh, crappy offense in the Super Bowl, or do you want the greatest <laughs> show on turf? I mean, there was there's moments where I go, boy, if the NFL was fixed, this is that moment. Such a bad call. <laughs> so bad. I mean, this is the uh, rewatching this as as we were prepping and even running it back now as we're talking. I just start shaking my head and I want to throw a pencil mm. at the screen. Maybe something a little heavier uh, without breaking my computer. It's it's just 99 out of 100 times. That's a catch. I think it's, it's a catch a hundred times out of a hundred times. I, well, I don't know. I don't know what they saw. There's always going to be that go, one guy. Yeah, <laughs> That's but, all. Well, what did you see that made them go look at this? The Rams didn't yell. You got to look at this. Nobody was yelling. You got to look at this. Nobody was. Nobody saw. We gotta, nobody it, was rolled through. Mm. Yeah. I mean, there, there didn't appear to be anything controversial about it. It's a catch. Uh, a bad, badly missed call, and we could have had. I mean, they still had to finish the drive. Let's call it what it is. I, I don't have a lot of faith that they were going to finish it. No, but, but you, I would have liked from, to have seen that yeah. finish. You went from third and ten. Now it's third and twenty-three. And and what happened? You took the air out of the yep. balloon for the Bucks, where things were getting really tight in TWA. Don't boy third and ten at the twenty-yard line. Any play could get you in the end zone because now you're within twenty yards. Even Sean King can throw the ball twenty yards. Wow, as limited as he was offensively. Come on now. No, no, no. I met him a couple of times. He's a really nice guy. I never brought the game up, though. I met him a couple of times at ESPN. Really nice guy. Always, you know, from the interactions I had with him, never brought this game up. I'm like, I, I can't bring this game up. Still I still never I understand, though. Like, he, he starts starts all of the 2000 season, and then he would only go on to appear in another 12 NFL games. Yeah. Uh, so, Sean King now, who had two chances, two incomplete passes later, the game is over. The Rams kneel on the football, and they go to the Super Bowl with an 11-6 to victory. The stats for this game, so incredibly ugly. Warner <laughs> threw for 258, one touchdown, but three picks. Marshall Falk ran for 44 yards. Ricky Prohl had the big stat. He's the only guy that had a big stat line. Yeah. Six for 100 and a touchdown. That's it. Everybody else, it was, oh, man, really? Allstott ran for 39 yards. Warwick Dunn ran for 35. Sean King threw for 163 and two picks. 
I mean, nobody had a good game stat-wise except for Ricky Prohl. Six catches for 100 yards and a touchdown. You could, well, if it wasn't for the Bird Emanuel play, you would say it's the Ricky Prohl game. But as we're going to hear coming up, it really turns into the Bird Emanuel rule. But that was the only guy. Ricky Prohl. The game. This is my moment in the side. I look back at this game. I would watch this game every day if I was him. Yeah, is that six for 100, including the touchdown. This is my day. Well, and it was a pretty catch, and and just to put a period at the end of the sentence for Kurt Warner's performance, he was awful all day, right? The three interceptions were terrible, a couple others that probably should have been picked, but that touchdown pass to Ricky Pearl, I don't think you could lay it, I mean, any other, any better the underarm soft toss to try to find a spot. You can't throw a ball any better than he did. And pro coming down with it, making sure he got his feet down in the corner, right along the chalk. I mean, just uh, an amazing run. And, you know, I just have to celebrate also Azazir Hakim, just because we, we talked about the rest of these guys. Uh, so let's get some Azazir Hakim love him <laughs> as well. So the game that would have been and probably is the Ricky Prohl game for the Rams turned into the Bert Emanuel rule and the Bert Emanuel game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as it was ruled. He did not come up with that. The controversy was just beginning. Wait till we tell you coming up next about Tony Dungy and the aftermath of this game as the Rams went to the Super Bowl and the Bucks went home. It's special teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. With everybody shaking their head over the Bird Emanuel play that could have turned the NFC Championship game on its ear, 
Tony Dungy, head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, did not see the replay of the Burn Emanuel play until the next day. He's answering questions in the postgame. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it looked like a catch. All these things. Then he sees the replay and he is incensed. He calls the NFL offices and he said, now we have to take back every catch Chris Carter ever had in his career. If you're going to take this catch back, (laughs) you're going to take all those Chris Carter catches back. He was hot and I can't say I blame him because this was a catch. And because of this, the NFL looks into the rule and because of that play, they clarified it for the next season. That if you if you have control of the ball under it, you're doing that's a catch. They called it the Bert Emanuel rule. Didn't help Tampa Bay now, but but the fact that you have to be told, oh yeah, that should have been a catch. And it's then why wasn't that a catch? Again, I go back to boy, if there were times I felt the NFL was fixed, it's for that moment in time right there. So the Bert Emanuel rule comes about because of this play, and Tony Dungy hadn't seen it and Look, is it great to get an apology from the NFL? No, but at least you get the apology uh, and, and they and they called you back. It's like, well, we broke up, but at least I got to, you know, tell the other person, give them a piece of my mind and say what they did and what I hope happens to them uh, on their way. We're still broken up, but at least I got to talk to them before and say that. So I feel good. I got that off my chest. Well, you got to get that off your chest. Yeah, I mean, and, and for Tony Dungy, it's funny. In the immediate aftermath, you see his saltiness. Uh, you see Herm Edwards. You see all, all the guys on the sideline looking around going, yeah, uh, because they're, they know one uh, might have gotten away uh, right there. And to take the time, I mean, now it's the I didn't see it, but they're still seething because someone's gotten in their ear. The fact that it took that extra time to go over the top is kind of interesting to me. Uh, but change comes in, in strange forms, especially in the NFL. I mean, if we've learned anything, it, it takes a big play on a huge stage to usually get the powers that be to at least take a look at it. They don't always move so swiftly. So the fact that this was immediately put into place... <laughs> Mm-hmm. And they, they know they screwed this up. I'd love to see the letter of apology that went with it. Well, you want to know the best part of this story, because this affects things now here in 2020, because Bert Emanuel is on Twitter, right? He's out and he you know, tweets about a lot of things. And, and he, you know, he does stuff with the XFL, with the Roughnecks. And uh, his Twitter handle is the Bert Emanuel rule. Oh, good. That's his Twitter handle is the Bert Emanuel rule. And I'm reading you from his Twitter profile. It says husband, dad of five Houston roughnecks inspiration behind NFL's the Bert Emanuel catch rule. <laughs> so at least he's able to understand that. All right, this is my legacy. And the picture he has on Twitter, his background page, he's got a, He's got a profile picture of himself, but the big picture behind your Twitter is him making that catch. That's good. That's good. <laughs> he never let him forget. That's just so awesome. It's me. Look, I got my hands under the ball. I'm making the catch. It's how it works. I did it. I made the play. Oh, I love that. I mean, oh, that's, that's so awesome. You got to have a sense of humor about it, but also it's still flipping the bird back in the National <laughs> Football <laughs> League because you would have been at least you could have played the part of a hero. Again, who the hell knows how that drive ends if it continues without that hiccup. But uh, yeah, Bert Emanuel having some fun with it. I dig that.
So for both of these teams, they go in different directions. Although for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's a different direction to get to the same spot. The Rams win the Super Bowls we talked about and most talked about Super Bowl. One of the most talked about Super Bowls we've seen in the past 30 years. Tampa Bay begins their journey to what would end in a Super Bowl victory in 2003 on the backs of many of these defensive players that vault the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to a win over the Oakland Raiders. Sean King was not the starting quarterback. He played one full season as starter the following year in 2000. He throws 18 touchdowns, 13 picks, doesn't make it to 3,000 yards. Yes, Tampa Bay wins 10 games, but the Bucs soon realize we need something else. So they wind up replacing him with Brad Johnson, who comes in at the end, and he was a guy that made a few more plays. It's not like Brad Johnson was incredible. His reputation was all he does is win. But Brad Johnson certainly made enough plays, brought you that veteran leadership, and it was behind Brad Johnson that Tampa Bay wound up winning the Super Bowl a couple of years later. Uh, Sean King stayed in the league until 2004, and that was it. He was out of the NFL at the age of 27. When he came in, Tampa Bay, all the promotion that he had, he's going to win. He's going to be a guy to grow into the job. Did he get the job a little too early? Probably, but because of Dilfer's injury, you have to go there, and maybe things would have turned out differently for Sean King, but still in the end, he was a limited quarterback. Tampa Bay went to a quarterback who wasn't quite as limited, and that's the one that went in the Super Bowl behind well, still riding, you know, that backfield and those, that, that monstrous defense. Again, you, you listed all the names off the top as we started this podcast. I mean, all of those guys became heroes and you, and you saw the, the coaching tree and the pedigree that, that rolled through. Obviously, uh, a different head man by the time it went through. Uh, but, you know, building that foundation, Brad Johnson. You know, he's he's a guy, he eats him, it's Dilfer. You got a few of those guys like, you know, they won Super Bowls. And it's not to be, not a pejorative. It's just they weren't the focus of the team. Whereas we're so conditioned, I think, at least for the last, well, the Tom Brady era, let's call it that way, that the quarterbacks are everything. Going back to Elway, going through Brady and Peyton Manning and, and on. It, it's always been about the quarterback. Yeah, you've got a hiccup here and there where other guys rose up and had monster games. But, you know, usually it's the, the big arm of the QB, just like the driving force of marketing and media uh, for the NFL. So there it is. The St. Louis Rams win the NFC title game 11-6 in a defensive struggle. You watch the Buccaneers defense make plays the entire game. You watch the Rams defense make plays. And as I said in the beginning, the Rams won the game, but the Bucs defense, the way they played, shutting down the greatest show on turf, unlike we had seen Mm St. Louis gets shut down even when they would lose in the Super Bowl and lose games their offense still would put points up this was such a one moment in time look at what Tampa Bay did to them and just one more play and sometimes that's the difference Mike when you say boy they made one more play than we did and that is the answer of this game the St. Louis Rams made one play on offense that was it had the Buccaneers made one play on offense they win the game. Things go differently. But they made zero plays on offense and and made a mistake and, and gave the Rams two points uh, on a safety because of a bad snap when clearly, well, even if the Bird Emanuel catch doesn't happen, maybe Tampa Bay kicks a field goal yeah. and we at least go to overtime and something different. One play. The St. Louis Rams made one play on offense. Tampa Bay made zero. And that's why the Rams go on to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, they got the moral victory. Look at what they did. They held them. 
They held them to 11 points. And Dick Vermeil is saying, yeah, that's great. You take the moral victory. I'll take the Super Bowl. That, yeah, that's no, what it's, I'll do. It's it just one of those strange, strange games, right? Because Kurt Warner did everything he could to hand it over except for one play. Mm. Uh, but Sean King and that offense uh, unable to really do much. And, and the first three points were a gift. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. so, so you go through uh, an absolute zero, uh, but a fun game pillar to post. Cause anytime, you know, we're still in winning time within seven, uh, you're feeling pretty good about where you're at as a league and certainly as a fan of the game. All right. So how about some, where are they now? Where are some of the players from this NFC title game? Well, why don't we start with Sean King? We've talked about him a lot. Uh, he is the running backs coach for the South Florida Bulls. Uh, and he's been on the staff a few years. He was the recruiter of the year for the American Athletic Conference back in 2017. Uh, you got Jacques Green. He's coaching at Manatee High School. There's a a lot of coaches. Wait, he coaches manatees? That's, yes. Do they play football underwater? Now that yes. I'd like to see. Well, you know. I'd really I mean, like to see that. He's working up a great act. But uh, <laughs> really, I could have listed about 35 guys that are coaching or administrators at various high schools. Jacquez Green, the most targeted receiver in this game by Sean King. They threw to him seven times. He caught four balls for 59 yards. He was the leading wide receiver on the day for Tampa Bay. Yeah, so he just joined Manatee High School, and I'll, I'll have you know he was a two-time Madden Bowl champion. So he gets that extra bonus. All right, well, yeah, I tell you, and, that's a lot of points right there. Well, but that's why you get into the where are they now. You got to have something special yes. going on. Chidi yes. uh, Ahanatu, uh, he is part of a talent agency called Magellan Entertainment. They represent Magellan? He's still alive? Oh, okay. Well, I mean, someone's got to look out for the legacy in the. No, well, I mean, the Explorers. You know, nowadays, you got to go and do deep dives into everything. But Magellan Entertainment. I mean, he, he navigated the earth for the first time, Magellan. This is navigating the globe to find the best talent and musicians, ah. actors, models, you name it. Uh, but they represent Usain Bolt. Oh, okay. Well, hey, they, they clearly they know the talent when they see it. And you can make him a wide receiver and have him cover punts. That's what I would do for you, Saint. How about that? Next level. Cover kickoffs, uh, punts, and, and a wide receiver. <laughs> Adam Timmerman. He's back in Cherokee, Iowa, as part of Icon Agriculture and Turf. That's right. It's a John Deere dealer. Nice. Driving the big big stuff and the big machinery. And finally, Brad Culpepper. Culpepper Curland Law Firm. And he's also been on Survivor multiple times. Uh, Unique distinction. He and his wife uh, both were runners-up in different seasons. Wow, I did not know that. I should have known that Brad He's Culpepper did that. He's been on there multiple that. times. I should have known that. Okay, all right. And I remember when they cut Brad Culpepper after the 99 season, it was, oh my God, Brad Culpepper, he's going to be great. Now another couple of years somewhere, he goes to your Bears and he plays one year and then that was it for Brad Culpepper. Uh, that, yeah, also, well. that also is it for us here on special teams. Jason Smith, Mike Harmon. For this week, we finish our I Love the 90s run. We get into the 80s next week with some huge games, some huge memories we can't wait to bring your way. If you have ideas for future special teams podcasts, hit us up on Twitter at How About a Fresca. Mike at Swollen Dome, we're starting to take some of your uh, recommendations. Hey, you wanted to get to the 80s? We're going to get into the 80s now, which is going to be a real fun decade and stuff to go through. Uh, Our show is heard five days a week on Fox Sports Radio, Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. on the East Coast, 7 to 11 on the West Coast. We'll talk to you next week with more special teams.
Before you go, rate and review the show, whether you're listening on iHeartRadio, iHeartRadio apps, Apple, whatever it is. Give us a rate. Tell us you like it. We will love you forever and ever and ever. Special Teams is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> That. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.